I'm excited about the message. I'm ex excited about the presence of God here today. I'm excited about what God is doing. I hope you are too. God is on the move. Our God is mighty. Our God is able. He can do anything. He's going to create a new heaven and a new earth. That's what the Bible says. I think it's Isaiah 66. A new heaven and a new earth. A new domain for where we can live. A heaven and an earth that is undefiled. That is clean and pure and holy. God is going to create that new heaven. And a new earth. Existing heavens and earth. Going to roll up like a scroll. The earth will be burned up with fire. So look forward to the new heaven. And the new earth that God is going to create. Praise God. He's the God of new things. He's doing new things. He's doing awesome things. God is at work in the church. He's at work in your life. Give Him praise for all that He is doing. And be strengthened in the name of Jesus Christ. Be strengthened in the name of the Lord. And be filled with the Holy Spirit so that you can do great and mighty things for the Lord. God is not finished with you. Amen. God is not finished with you. God is still working in your life. As long as you have even a little ember of faith, even a little iota of faith, you can fan that little flame and cause it to become a raging fire. And, and just, you know, the Bible says, without fuel, a fire goes out. So I pray this morning that there'll be fresh fuel given to you through the Word of God, and that you will be encouraged and strengthened this morning in your faith, in your walk with the Lord. God is up to some amazing things. And in China alone, I hear that there are 30,000 people coming to Christ every day. The revival in Iran is absolutely remarkable and outstanding. Thousands being baptized Thousands and thousands coming to Christ, having a vision of Jesus, watching Christian television, coming to faith, having been disillusioned by so many other religions and, and uh, all the things that's happening in their nation. They're turning to Christ in the thousands upon thousands getting baptized in the rivers. God is at work in our world, friends. And uh, right now, we just want to give him praise for all that he's doing because we are here to report the good news that Jesus Christ is alive. He's still working. He's still doing amazing things in the world in spite of all the negativity around us, in spite of all the, 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 the virus talk. God is doing good things. We don't want to pick up the news of all the negative news all of the time. We want to be filled with the good things of the Lord. We want to be filled with the good things that God is doing. God is at work in the earth. And we need to proclaim it. We need to declare what God is doing. And not just be silent. But to stand up and shout up for the good things. The positive things. That God is working in our communities. He's working in people's lives. People are being healed. People are being saved and delivered. God is working in our world today. Let's stop reporting all the negative stuff. All the bad news. Let's start shouting some good news. Amen. And Jesus came to bring us good news. He didn't come to bring us bad news. He came to give us good news and to give us the word of the Lord and bring us 
into relationship and fellowship with the Father. He came to bring us a new life, an abundant life. And if anybody is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old things have gone and the new things have come. So praise God for all the new things he's going to bring into your life. All the new things he's going to bring into your future. We praise God for what he's doing here in Chippenham and in Wiltshire and in the United Kingdom. We praise God for his wonders. They never cease us. God is working. He's providing for us. We praise God for his provision. And we're excited about the word of God today that God is going to speak to you. And so come with a hungry heart, with a receptive mind to say, Lord, I want you to speak to me. I want you to challenge me. God is ever fresh. Amen. God is ever new. He's doing fresh things and new things. We don't want to live on bread that's three weeks old, four weeks old, two months old. We want fresh bread. Amen. And Jesus brings fresh bread into our lives. So praise God for the fresh bread He's going to bring into your life through the power of the Holy Spirit. And that is how the bread becomes fresh, is through the Holy Spirit. He enlightens the Word to us and He gives us new life and new vitality through the Holy Spirit. As the Bible says, if the same Spirit that lives that lived in Jesus is now living in you, He will quicken your mortal bodies. He will give life to your body. So allow the Holy Spirit to work in you. He always brings life. He always brings zoe, which is the, the, the Greek word for life. Jesus said, I came to give you life and life in all its fullness. Jesus came, I said, I came to give you life in abundance. And so I pray that you will have an abundant life. Pray that all the negativity will go, all the restrictions will go, all the, the negative stuff will be broken off your life, all the stress, all the worry, all the fear about the future, the fear about what is happening. Break it off in Jesus' name, because our God is able to deal with every negative thing. Break all the worry, break all the fear, break all the opposition that is against you, so you'll be free. Amen. The Bible says that it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. He wants you to live in a place of freedom. And that means living in a place of joy. Living in a place of peace and blessing. Receiving the love of the Father. Receiving the abundance and love of the Father. So you'd be filled up every day with fresh wine and fresh bread from heaven. Amen. The oil of the Holy Spirit will lubricate you so that you'll be full of life and full of abundance so you can go and do the works of Jesus. Now Jesus went around doing good, healing all who were oppressed by the devil. There's a lot of oppression today. There's a lot of uh, in, in, uh, fear and discouragement. There's a lot of negativity and the Holy Spirit can blow those things out of our mind blow them out of our lives and bring strength and bring vitality into our lives. And so the Bible says David encouraged himself in the Lord. And you need to do the same. You need to encourage yourself in the Lord. You need to fan into flame the gifts of God that are in you. You have gifts that are given to you by God and you need to fan those gifts into flame. You are to strengthen yourself in the Lord. Don't expect God to do everything. You've got to do your part. You've got to worship the Lord, receive from the Lord. You've got to spend time in His Word, receive from God, bless other people, and you will be blessed. 
God said to Abraham, I'm going to bless you and you will be a blessing to all people. All nations of the world will be blessed through you. Isn't that incredible? God was not just speaking to Abraham. He was also speaking to his seed, which was Christ coming into the world, that all nations will be blessed through Jesus Christ. Jesus brings freedom. Amen. He brings deliverance. His name means the anointed deliverer. Jesus Christ means the anointed deliverer. Jesus means Savior. And Christ means the anointed one. Or Messiah means the anointed one. He has, he's been anointed with the Holy Spirit to bring freedom. So if you're under bondage of, of the weight of this world, if you're under the bondage of stress and strain, ask the Lord to take it off you. Ask Him to take off the worry and the stress and the strain. It's just pulling you down further. And pray for joy. Because the Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength. Pray for abundance in the Holy Spirit. Pray for a breakthrough spirit that God will enable you to break through these things. And that hindrances of life will not hold you back from fulfilling your purpose in Jesus Christ. And so we're going to have a look this morning at a number of people who have been empowered by the Lord. Jesus himself, John, uh, Acts chapter 10, uh, 38 says, he was anointed by the Holy Spirit and power. We will never get this work done, friends, unless we are anointed by the Holy Spirit and the power of God. God wants to anoint you and, and fill you with His power. Anoint you means to fill you with His presence and, and anoint you with the Holy Spirit is to give you the Holy Spirit and upon your life so that you'll be refreshed. And it tells us in the book of Acts that times of refreshing will come from the Lord when we repent. And it's time for the church to repent of our slothfulness, of our sins and our waywardness and whatever sin may be in our lives. It's time for the church to repent. In 2 Chronicles 7.14 it says there that if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways. That's the church. If the church will turn from their wicked ways, from their slothfulness, from their waywardness, then I will hear from heaven and I will heal their land. You see, it's if my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves. Now what God is trying to do, I believe, He's trying to get us on our knees. He's trying to get us to seek Him in this season. We've had this virus now for about 10 months or so, and, and God is trying to, you know, get us on our knees so we'll seek Him. And, and help us to realize that it's not all about stuff. It's not all about relationships. But life is all about Jesus. And life is all about getting God into our hearts and being renewed. So it's important that the church repents. That the church repents of their sin. That we repent as a, as a nation. Or, uh, in the church in the nation say, Lord, forgive us. We've allowed things into the church we shouldn't have allowed it. We've accepted things we shouldn't have accepted. You know, God isn't for everything. Amen. He's not for everything. He does not accept everything. He does not accept sin. He does not accept certain things into His kingdom. And we just need to read the list in the Bible to realize He doesn't accept a lot of things. But He will accept us into His kingdom if we come with a humble heart. And He says... If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves in order to pray, you have to humble yourself. You have to realize your need 
that life is not just about relationships. Life is not just about the things that we can get. God wants to strengthen us and renew us. And we need to humble ourselves in this season and seek the Lord while everybody is trying to get back into the churches and trying to get back to normal. God may be just trying to get our attention and say, guys, it's about me. It's not about all the peripheral stuff. And so the Bible says, if you seek me with all your heart, you will find me. And so it's time to seek the Lord. It's time to come into the kingdom of God. It's time to open up our hearts and say, Lord, we want more of you because we know that God has got so much more for you, so much more in store that he wants to fill you with the Holy Spirit and power and do great things through your life. And so that means that there's going to have to be some changes in your life. You're going to have to bring some changes, change your thinking, change your strategy so that you can get more of God into your heart into your life, more of God into your community, more of God moving in your life. And one of the ways that we do that is by seeking Him. Charles Finney, who was a great evangelist in the 1800s, who brought in the second great revival in America, this is what he said. He said, I could do nothing without the spirit of prayer. He realized that in himself, he couldn't do anything. He had to rely on the Lord. He had to get on his knees every morning, pray from 4 o'clock until 8 o'clock. That's right. He prayed for four hours every day. Before he went into the day, he said, God, this is your day. I can't do this alone. I cannot do this alone. Mark 1.35. We see that Jesus very, very early in the morning, he gets up and he goes and he spends time with the Father. So we can be filled up with the Holy Spirit and then release the power of the Holy Spirit upon the people, upon our community. You see, God wants to fill you with joy. Without the joy of the Lord, you're going to run dry. Without the joy of the Holy Spirit, you will just dry up. And so, in Isaiah 56, in verse 7, he says, I will give them joy in the house of prayer. Amen. God wants to fill you with the Holy Spirit, and that comes when we repent in times of refreshing, we turn away from our sins, and times of refreshing will come from the Lord. God will fill us with joy in the house of prayer. It's time for the church to engage in prayer so that God can bring in a mighty move of the Holy Spirit, a mighty tsunami of His presence that will just cover this nation in Jesus' name. I see that coming. In Jesus' name, a mighty tsunami of the presence of God into this nation for the glory of God to sweep over Great Britain and bring a massive revival so that people will be swept into the kingdom of God. People will be saved. People will be healed and delivered and come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Friends, listen to these words carefully. This is, these are the words of C.T. Studd, pioneer and cricketer for England. He went as a missionary to China and to Africa and he said, it's only one life will soon be passed, only what's done for Christ will last. So it's time to get busy for the Lord, get busy with the kingdom of God, give yourself fully to the work of the Lord because there is much opposition, there is much opposition to much unbelief and we need to push through these things so we can see God come through in power and he wants to fill us with the joy of the Lord because that 
is our strength. Pray that God will fill you with that joy and fill you with the Holy Spirit. Rivers of joy are coming from the mountain of the Lord. That's right. Those who spend time in the presence, God will fill them with joy and that will be your strength to sustain you, to keep you going. You see, there's much opposition. Jesus experienced much opposition. There is much opposition to your faith. We spoke last week about Satan tries to stop the believer. He goes around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He's trying to consume believers who are weak and who are struggling and lukewarm. And so we are to resist him standing firm in the faith and use the sword of the Spirit and the shield of faith and all of the weapons that God has given us to push forward. And one of the weapons that God wants to give us and I want us to highlight this this morning, is this whole area of boldness. That's right, the boldness and the courage of the Holy Spirit. So it tells us in the book of Acts, chapter 4, and verse 12 and 13, and I just want to read these few words to you this morning. And basically the background of the story is that Paul, uh, rather Peter and John, they're going to the, the temple at the time of prayer, which is at three in the afternoon. And there's a man who's begging for food, or for money. He's wanting to receive money. And they say, we don't have any money, uh, but what we do have, we give to you. Rise up and be healed. And this crippled man stood up and he received strength and healing in his physical body. And he was strengthened by the power of the Holy Spirit. And this is what the Bible says. He went walking and leaping and praising God. You know, it's about time you started walking and leaping and praising God. When was the last time you did that? This man is so excited. He's so full of joy. He has received his healing. He has been sitting at the gate for all these years. Uh, uh, he's about 40 years old. And, and he's suddenly received a miracle from Jesus and we don't have any money, but what we have, we give to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Rise and be healed. He's walking and leaping and praising God. And they're so excited. He's so excited and everybody is filled with amazement and awe and wonder. What an amazing thing. You see, God is about doing good things. Healing people who are oppressed and who are afflicted and who are sick. Praise God for all the healings. I've seen some amazing healings. I've seen some incredible healings. God has healed me physically. And I know he has healed many other people. When we lived in Zimbabwe, one of our friends, uh, we prayed for him. His leg was shorter than the other. And we saw Sean's leg grow out. And praise God, we saw it happen in front of our eyes. Right in front of their eyes, we see God is healing this man at the gate beautiful. Now, let's, let's be... Be assured about this. When God does a miracle, not everybody is happy. The devil's not happy. The unbelievers are not happy. And the religious people of the day were not happy. They were not happy with Peter and John. And they pulled them in front of the council of, of the religious leaders, the Pharisees. And they were there. They said, who gave you the right to do this? By what means did you do this miracle? Now this is where we pick up the story. By what means did you do this? It says, 
The next day the rulers, elders, and teachers of the law met in Jerusalem. Annas, the high priest, was there, and so was Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and the other men of the high priest's family. They had Peter and John brought before them and began to question them, By what power or what name did you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, If we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a cripple, and are asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. He is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the capstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. Now listen to this carefully. Verse 13. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished. And they took note that these men had been with Jesus. Praise God. There they are standing up in front of all the religious rulers that the, the, the leaders of the Israelite people, the Jewish religious leaders, and they're saying, this man today was healed in the name of Jesus Christ. The very one that you rejected, that you said crucified, he is now being healed by the Lord Jesus Christ. And he is the one that has given us the power to heal this person. You know, God can raise the dead. He heals the sick. Praise God for all the healings and all the miracles and the wonderful things he is doing in the earth today. There are so many testimonies of people being raised from the dead or healed of cancer or healed of sickness. Praise God for all of his wonderful healing power. He is still at work today. But this is the amazing thing, is that these guys are just ordinary, unschooled fishermen. That's right. They're probably in their 20s maybe 30s, but they're quite young, they've been fishing, they don't have an education, they're just ordinary people, but they are so bold, they're so strong, they're so courageous, they're not afraid to stand up in front of the religious leaders and say, this is the very Jesus that you rejected, he's the one who caused this miracle today. So they're walking in step with Jesus, they're walking with courage. And so it says in Joshua chapter 1 and verse 6 right through to about 9, he says, be strong and very courageous. Without boldness, we're not going to get the job done. Without the courage of the Holy Spirit, we are not going to get the job done. God is not working through timid, fearful, shy, bashful Christians. God is working through Christians who are as bold as a lion. That's right. The Bible says the righteous are as bold as a lion. Have you ever seen a lion? You see a real life lion, they are big and they are powerful. And when they roar, you know about it. And Satan is trying to be like a lion, but we know that the true lion is Jesus Christ. He is the lion of the tribe of Judah. That's right. He is the lion of of the tribe of praise. That's what Judah means. He is the lion of the tribe of praise. Praise, you see, Judah was the largest tribe 
And they were told to go first. They were told to go in front of all the other tribes. You know why? Because praise is supposed to go first. Praise is supposed to be in front of your life. Praise is supposed to be a part of your life. Jesus is from the tribe of Judah. And we're going to have a look at some other people from the tribe of Judah. Because it's the tribe of praise. Praise to Yahweh. Praise to the Lord. Hallelujah. For Judah is the tribe of praise. And God has given us praise as a weapon to silence the enemy. Have a look at Psalm chapter 8. It says that you have ordained praise to silence the foe and the avenger. God is even using children to silence the foe and the avenger. God has given us the spirit of praise and we've entered into that this morning. We've been praising the Lord and God's presence comes when we praise him. As somebody once said, when you praise God, it gets his attention every time. God loves praise. He created praise. In Isaiah 43, 21, it says, The people that I formed for myself, that they might proclaim my praises. That's what you're created for. If you're wondering why you're here, you are here to proclaim the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His glorious light and to thank Him for all the good things He is doing and to focus on the Lord because in heaven there is no sickness. In heaven there is no death. In heaven there are no viruses. In heaven it is filled with joy and peace and love and kindness and the grace of God is flowing and the mercy of God is flowing because the Bible says we should come with great boldness to the throne of God. We should come right into heaven, right to the throne of God, into heaven and say, Father, Heavenly Father, would you bless me today? Would you bless my family? Would you bless my school? Would you do supernatural things? Would you do incredible things in my life? Because Lord, I need you. I can't do life without you. I wasn't designed to live on my own. I wasn't designed to live without you. You created me for fellowship with you. So Father, would you take my hand today? Would you give me the boldness that I need? Would you give me the courage to go into this meeting or this situation today and be a good representative for you? As the Bible says, we are ambassadors of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's right, you are an ambassador of Jesus Christ. If you are a Christian, if you are a born-again Christian, you represent the kingdom of God. And so we walk as ambassadors of the Lord. We go into every situation with the presence of God. But it is important that you have this boldness in your life. You go in faith. And you go in confidence, knowing that God is for you. And if God is for us, praise God, I can hear the echo who can be against us? If God is for you, friend, one person with God is a majority. Everybody might be against you. You know, the Bible says that everybody deserted Jesus. And at one point, they deserted the Apostle Paul too. He said, everybody deserted me. Praise God, the Holy Spirit will never leave you nor forsake you. He is with you. He is in you. He gives power to the church. We are the church, praise God, of the living God. We are the church of the living God. We are not dead. Our God is not dead. Jesus Christ has been risen 
He raised from the dead. He is risen. He is alive forevermore. He lives in heaven. And he is shouting you on. He said, come on church, wake up and be the army and be everything that I've called you to be. And in order to get the job done, friends, we need this boldness. We need this courage. God made you for courage. God did not want you to be a victim. Amen. We've got to get rid of this victim mentality. God made you to be a victor. That's right. He made you for victory. Jesus Christ never lost a fight. God has never lost a battle. God always wins. He's the God of victory. And we are on His side. And He is fighting for us. And if God be for us, who can be against us? May we have our eyes open to realize that there are a myriad of angels fighting for us. That God is behind us, before us, all around us, around and about and underneath of the everlasting arms. So you don't need to be afraid. You don't need to be discouraged. Because the Bible says, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6, God has not given you a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power. That's right. A spirit of boldness. The Holy Spirit is a bold spirit. And he will embolden you. Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit. And he did great things. And the Holy Spirit wants to fill the church with boldness. And that's why he says it's a commandment in the Old Testament. Be strong. And very courageous. Because you're going to fight some, some battles. Some enemies. And there's some things that are against us. And God wants us to go in and possess the land. And overcome our weaknesses. And God knows that sometimes, you know, we have weaknesses, but He gives grace upon grace. He gives us His mercy and His power, and the Holy Spirit will help us in our weaknesses, Romans 8, 26. We don't know what to pray. We don't, we feel tired, we feel exhausted, we feel maybe burnt out, we may maybe feel discouraged, but the Holy Spirit is going to help you. He's your helper, and partner with the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, come with me today as I go into work, as I go into school, as I do my chores in the house. Come, Holy Spirit, let's fellowship together and ask Him to strengthen you, strengthen your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so I'm going to have a look this morning, not only at Peter and John, but I also want us to have a look at an Old Testament prophet or a man of God in the Old Testament called Caleb. And we'll just finish up with, with this this morning. Caleb uh, was, uh, simply his name means dog, right? And he was no chihuahua, he was no poodle, right? He was a bull terrier, he was a bull master, he was a powerful man in Jesus Christ, and he did great things for the Lord. Now when, when, when we read about his life, we see that Caleb... Uh, was, was part of the ten spies that went into the land and they went in to, to, to spy out the land of Canaan because God had said to Joshua and Moses, go in and take this land. This is now your land because they, these people, the Canaanites and the, all the otherites were practicing wicked things and God said, I've had enough of them. I've given them time to repent. They refuse to repent. I want you to wipe them out. They are wicked people. They've done evil things. They sacrificed their children in the fire. They're doing terrible things. I want you as my holy agent, as my holy arm, to go in and strike these people out of the land. They've defiled the land with their false worship. I want you to push them out of the land. 
And, and this is, the, this is the, the way that God worked in the Old Testament. He, he physically pushed people out of the land. And he used the Israelites as a weapon to push out the, the, the other armies who were much bigger and much stronger. And so the ten Israelites went, the, the leaders of the, of the different tribes, uh, Caleb was, was the representative of, of, of Judah, of, of the tribe of Judah, and each other man went in, and those ten of them went and spied out the land, and they came back. Now listen, this is really careful, it's found in Numbers 13, and Numbers chapter 14, please read it, it's a great story, it's a true story what happened. They went in, they spied out the land, and... And then they came back with the report. Each leader had to say what was happening in the nation. You know, they had to spy out the land, check it out, check what kind of people, what kind of cities there were, what was happening. And so um, when they came back, eight of the ten brought a bad report. That's right. They were filled with negative things, just like we're filled with so many negative things right now. There was eight out of ten, right? That's 80%. They're saying it's bad there's giants out there. We look like grasshoppers. Or we look insignificant. We are insignificant. There's no way we can do this. It's impossible. They're much bigger, much stronger, better armies. We are going to fail. And they spread a bad report. There's always that choice of spreading something negative or spreading something positive. Well, praise God for Caleb and Joshua. Caleb, son of Jephunneh. And Joshua, son of Nun. And they silenced the people and said, Guys, that's enough now. Let us talk. Two of the ten. They stood up and they brought a good report. They said, We should go up and take the land. We can certainly do it because God is with us and God is for us and we'll be able to do it. And all the people had now had spread the bad news. The people, the Israelites began to grumble and, and it was a negative report, only a small percentage. But Joshua and Caleb, the Bible says they had a different spirit. That's right. They had a different kind of a spirit. They had a spirit that believed that God could do it, that God would win the victory, that he could take those giants out. And so uh, this is what, this is what the, the Bible says, is that is they, the, the, the others spread the bad report. But Joshua and Caleb said, we, we can do this. We can, overcome, we can overcome these enemies. It's not a problem. We should go up, Moses, and we should take the land. But by this stage, so many negative reports had gone through of the whole nation. That's right, gone through the whole nation. Isn't it amazing how a bad report can just go through the, all the people and affect them negatively? God does not want us to be affected ne negatively, but positively. So Caleb said, we can do this. And so um, it, was, it was actually... 45 years later, where he finally, um, or 40 years later, where they finally went in to the land of Canaan to do this because they had disobeyed the Lord and God had to set them aside for a period of time. But the thing is, what I'm trying to say is that Caleb had faith. He had boldness. He had courage. He believed that God could do it. In fact, the Bible says, here is my servant Caleb who has followed me wholeheartedly. Whatever fears you are facing, friend, whatever negative things you are facing, whether you are scared of the virus or scared of your future or scared about your job, you don't need to be afraid if God is on your side. God has not given you a spirit of fear. He's not given you that worry. Cast it out in Jesus' name. 
and go forward in the name of the Lord and push through, push through in the power of the Holy Spirit and overcome like Caleb did. It was only Joshua and only Caleb who entered into the land of Canaan of that whole generation apart from the children of those people. The whole generation was wiped out. They were men of faith. They believed God. They trusted God. And they went in and they took over the land. And they possessed the land. And finally, I finish on this, finally, Caleb was 85 years old. Whenever they had spent five years fighting the different Canaanites, Perizzites, Amalekites, all kinds of, of, of people that they were fighting. And after the five years of fighting, they had possessed the land, but there were still some areas they had to possess. And, and God was saying to Caleb and the others, now you can just go and rest now, go and enjoy what you've received. Caleb said, no, I still want to take Hebron, right? And this is about 74 square kilometers. It's, it's a mountain. I want to take this mountain of Hebron. He's 85 years old. He says, I'm still up for the battle. I'm still strong. I'm still vigorous. And I can do this with the help of God. He took Hebron. He pushed out the giants. He pushed out the fears. He pushed out the unbelief. He pushed out all the negative things. And he took Hebron for the Lord. And he, he won that territory. And that became his inheritance. Friends, it's time to kick out the negatives and allow the boldness of the Holy Spirit to drive out our enemies in the name of Jesus Christ. Finally, Jesus uh, was confronted by the Pharisees and, uh, and eventually he had the boldness to go to the cross. So praise God, we need this boldness and I pray that you will receive boldness in the name of Jesus, that you will rise up and be strong. Don't live in the natural any longer. Live in the supernatural. That is a word for somebody today. Don't live in the natural. Live in the supernatural. All the things of this earth are limited. All the resources are limited. But heaven's resources are unlimited. And they are available for every believer. Christ in you the hope of glory. God wants you to get your resources from heaven, to pray for them from heaven, to bring the kingdom of God on earth. Jesus said, let your kingdom come on earth, just like it is in heaven. So you pray the resources down into the earth from heaven's resources. Men will give unto you what you need. God will provide it, but he'll cause people to give it to you. So praise God. We need the boldness to step out. We step out in Jesus' name. We do great things for the kingdom of God. So I encourage you to step out and fan into flame the gifts of God in you. And go and do mighty things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, God bless you. Thank you for listening to us today. And uh, please do uh, join us next Sunday at 11 o'clock. Partner with us. Please support us. Please pray for us. Uh, please support us. You can download the Give It app. Uh, you can download that app, uh, Give It G-I-V-T. And you can support us financially. You can pray for us. And uh, we appreciate your help and your support. And uh, please continue to pray and support us in every way you can. We pray for you too. That the Lord will bless you abundantly. In Jesus' name. Amen.